Tonight, our topic is going to be about care. Care. What does the word say about care? Amen. That's what we're going to talk about. Caring for others, being concerned about others. Uh, you know, sometimes we go through life situations and we ne- may necessarily not be going through something or some or what someone else is going through, but we definitely can have compassion. We're going to go ahead and get started. I'm going to open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you and give you honor and glory for another day. Thank you for this opportunity, oh God, to come into this space and time, Father God, so that we can study the word, so that we can apply it to our life situations and we can hide your word in our hearts. So when life trials and tribulations come our way, we know how to hold our heads up high and look to you and stand upon that word because we know that it's your word, Father God. And your word, it does things, it moves, it transforms, it heals, delivers, it's set free. So Father, we thank you for your word that we can, Father God, be able to comprehend it, understand it, and acknowledge, Father God, that we are your sons and daughters. And when we study your word, we are drawing close to you. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, we go through a lot of things in life. And as I was saying earlier, uh, you know, uh, sometimes people go through things and they're going through some hardships and you may not necessarily have that situation or be dealing with that type of situation. But it's so important that we understand as brothers and sisters in Christ, as um, ambassadors of the Most High God, as sons and and daughters, heirs to the throne. There's supposed to be a difference about how we treat people and how we look at people in their given circumstances. We are supposed to care and we are supposed to love. That is what we're supposed to do. Uh, uh, We were praying on Tuesday night and one of the topics that the Lord laid on my heart is to pray that we have more people that have the spirit of a good Samaritan. The good Samaritan, he saw, uh, he saw, uh, a brother lying on the street. He was robbed of his goods or whatever. He was desolate. And he basically, every one or two people passed by. But when he passed by, he took it upon himself to be concerned, to help that individual actually put him up, you know, to stay in a, a place up, you know, back then probably similar to what we have as a hotel to until he was taken care of and brought back to help, even paid for the bill and made sure he had food to eat and things of that nature. You know, um, a lot of us have gotten away from the good Samaritan spirit because we have been so consumed by the things of this world, wherein it's like sometimes we're so busy. Sometimes we're just so overwhelmed with the tasks um, that are set, that set before us, our responsibilities on our jobs, you know, dealing with our careers, dealing with children, spouses, dealing with coworkers, bosses. And sometimes we forget to care one for another. You know, it, sometimes it gets to the point where um, people become f- so frustrated, especially if you constantly look at the news. Sometimes you have to turn that news off. Sometimes you have to just say, OK, I got what I need so that I can go to God in prayer and cast my cares upon him, knowing that he cared for each and every one of us, cared for me. So sometimes people don't do that, though, and, and they don't uh, they don't realize that. In their psyche, those things subconsciously are are playing in their mind and it's pulling their spirit down. Wherein when someone says good morning or hello, they can't even respond back. They can't even smile back. They can't even give a salutation back. And once again, it's because that spirit of concern is lacking. That spirit of care is lacking. Uh, you know, uh, even like when, when someone holds the door for you, some people don't even say thank you. They're not even considerate enough to say thank you. Um, we, you know, um, when I see um, someone 
who is senior or elder, more elderly than I am, I'll hold the door for them and not go ahead, you know, just out of concern. But I, I see people, you know, they don't even care. They'll see somebody walking with a cane or see somebody walking with a walker and they'll just fly on by and won't hold the door, whatever. We have to really recognize who we are as believers. The word says that the the word says that the world will know us, meaning those of us who are believers, by our love. So we have to be different in our approach on how we handle things. We have to be different in our approach on how we look at uh, uh, life situations and how we uh, uh, respond to things. We have to make sure that we are showing forth the love of God in everything that we say and do. That is so important. And we can't we can't shortchange ourselves and we can't shortchange one another by allowing for the things of this world to just weigh us down where we're not able to say, hold up, let me say good morning to somebody or hold up, let me hold the door, hold up. Or, Do you have that? I don't know about you. Um, I, I, um, I used to love going to the grocery store with my father. That was like an adventure for us. It was like, it was just, it was like an activity. It was fun for me, but I used to enjoy how he was so, he was social with uh, people in the supermarket. Many a times we'd be in the supermarket and someone would be in front of him and, uh, you know, they might come up short, you know, a dollar or two, some change. And he would say, Oh, I got it. Go ahead. And the person would be like, No, no, no. And he said, I got it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Receive the blessing. I got it. Um, you know, I, I've seen him, you know, uh, literally one time take off his shoes and give it to someone who didn't have shoes on their feet. And the reason why I'm, I'm chuckling is because my father and his approach for those people think they knew my father, but they, they you, you didn't know him like I knew him because he was my father. So, uh, you know, uh, people you say, oh, he was stern. He was, you know, mean. I heard somebody, by the way, I heard you on the phone. You know who I'm talking about. You didn't know I was on the phone, but I caught that. But my father wasn't mean. He was stern and he was a loving individual. If you cross him, he was going to chastise you and rebuke you. But for the most part, I always saw him having that spirit of the good Samaritan. And I, I would see him like, you know, sometimes we'd be in the grocery store. He would take care of somebody's bill going through the drive through. You know, he would say, uh, I'll take the whatever the person uh, 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 orders behind me. I'll pay for them. He would do things like that. And the reason why I chuckle is because he would do it in such a way that it was just like he was doing it out of being jolly. You know, he was doing it out of just, you know, having fun and having a good time. And see, that's what caring is about. Caring brings the fun into life. When you're around a caring person and when you're around a loving person, and see, some people don't see that because people forget that when you are in leadership or when you are in a position where and you have to guide people, you can't smile all the time. You have to, when you're training people, when you're grooming people to be leaders themselves, it's not always going to be a key, key, ha, ha. It just, it, it just can't be. Some, it's a, it's a time and a place for everything. But when you have a person who's caring, they know when it's that time for the for the happiness, the joy of the Lord to come forth and to show forth. And that I used to get a joy out of that, especially when we used to go to the supermarket, because I saw that the concern, it brought smiles on people's face. I saw that my father's concern and him just caring and looking out for somebody else, it made somebody else happy. Do you really take into consideration as a child of God that while you're here on this earth, 
that it's important for you to make other people happy. When people come around a child of God, like I said, is that give them all when you tarrying and you praying, that's like that's a serious solemn time. When you are doing things in the business according to uh what you're supposed to do as far as your responsibilities and as far as your as far as your role or your career. Oh yes, that's serious time. That's not a time to be laughing and joking. But when God opens up the door for us, because you know it says laughter is like a medicine. When God opens up the door for us to laugh, to chuckle, and to have a moment of joy, we should be able to embrace that. We should be able to enjoy that. And we should be able to mark that as a good memory that we store within our hearts. So whenever we come to times that are things are, or deal with things that are challenging, or we're in times when we feel like we're sad or lonely, we can recall those good memories. So let's look, let's look at the word of God according to what uh, the word says in regard to caring. Look at Philippians 2 and 4. Make sure you write these scriptures down. Uh, make sure you uh, have your notebook and your paper so that when you go back in your own personal time with the Lord, you'll be able to get your own personal revelation from him and hear from him. So write these scriptures down. I'm going to give out a couple on tonight. Philippians 2 and 4. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Now let's focus on that scripture for a minute. What are you doing other than trying to fulfill your goals to help somebody else along the way? You know, God divinely and uniquely places people together for ministry. Of course, definitely for marriage, for partnerships, for teams. He intricately places people together for such a time to do a work. I always say this, Jesus himself came into this world he had all power in his hand. He was the son of God. He was God himself. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Trinity, three in one. And he could have at any time just wiggled his finger. He could have just tapped his nose and boom, something catch on fire. Boom, the waters part. Boom, a whole, you know, landmass move. He had the power to do that. But Jesus instead selected 12 to walk among him. And I want you to I want you to notice uh, this too. The 12 that he had amongst them, even one he knew was going to betray him. It, do you hear what I'm saying right there? He knew that one was going to betray him. Sometimes we don't want to care for those people that challenge us and those people that we know that they're not all the way in the same vein or all the way in the same um, uh, mind stream, uh, uh, excuse me, mind set of thinking like we are. And yet we still have to work with them. But sometimes people don't want to deal that. Oh, da, da, da. let me tell you something. Jesus had a Judas on his team. And Jesus, he told he loved Judas. He didn't. He didn't say, I, I can't stand you. He knew what Judas had to do. He knew what Judas's role was. And he kept Judas on the team. What does that say about us? We have to care for people who don't necessarily have our best interests at heart. But we have to look and see what it is about them. Why they? Why did God put them in our lives for such a time as this? Why did God fashion them to be around? Sometimes people are there to mold you and shape you. Judas was there to get Jesus to the cross because he if that exchange wasn't made, you know, the story wouldn't have unfolded. So we have people in our lives at any given moment. We cannot just worry about our own personal interests. We got to look at the big picture. Why is this person involved in my life? What is it that I can do for them? What is it that I need to learn from them? What is it that they need to learn from me? Philippians 2, 4, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of, interests of others. If you are working in the ministry, 
with your pastor. You're working in the ministry on an, you know, old school, we say auxiliaries or either nowadays it's called teams. You know, whatever terminology they, they use now in regard to working with other people. Do you try to consume all of the conversation and put your mouth into everything where it's controlling the atmosphere or it's trying to control the thoughts? Or are you open to be quiet sometimes and let somebody else express what they think or what they feel? You have to remember, even when you're working on projects together, and, and say if you're the captain, just because you're the captain, that doesn't mean everything you say has to go. A captain is supposed to be uh, a person or, or, or a team leader is supposed to be a person that allows everybody to express what they feel or what they think or what they want to suggest. And then we put it all together. We say, okay, let's, let's democratically decide. Is this for the good of the order? Is this going to work on everybody's behalf? It can't just be a dictatorship. It can't be that way. We have to, once again, make sure that our personal interest is not just the focus of the whole team building experience. We have to look out and listen to the interests of others as well. Because when we do that, you know what we're doing? We're getting on one accord. You know what happens when we get on one accord, don't you? We can have the experience that occurred in the upper room when they were gathered all together and they were on one accord and the Holy Ghost fell. We can have experiences like that when we are doing our projects, when we're working on tasks. Let me tell you something. Wherever two or three gather in his name, he's in the midst. If you acknowledge him in all your ways, he will direct your path. So I'm just saying this to anybody that's working on teams, as anybody that's working on projects, make sure you acknowledge God. Because then that way his spirit is going to be in the midst of you all as you all come together. And whatever you do, God will bless it. God will honor it. And then on top of that, you get that extra, that extra perk, perk wherein you all can start being on one accord and experience Holy Ghost power and anointing in that very thing that you are doing. It doesn't matter if it's something relating to your job. It doesn't matter if it's something related to your household. It doesn't matter to something that's relating to your your uh, your career or your business. It's all the mindset that you have and understanding what it means to have care and concern. That care and concern is one of the, the fruits of the spirit that allows for things to grow, to build, to be enhanced, to become beautified. But you have to have an uh, understanding of being concerned that things are going to work well that other people are going to be fashioned and comfortable around you to express themselves, to be a part of the plan. Jesus made his disciples a part of the plan. He said, come on, come with me. And I, I look, I'll make you fishers of men. Jesus, Jesus, he had, Jesus was very articulate. He had the power of speech. He knew how to talk to people. Multitudes would come when he signs on and miracles, automatically he had a following. But Jesus chose to work with the team. He chose to hear what, okay, what is Peter? What is it? Peter, what, what who do you say I am? Okay, I, I want to hear what you think. He was able to have that ability of leadership that allowed for others to know that he was interested also in them. Isn't that a mighty God we serve? Yes, a, somebody need to go ahead and put an amen in the comments on that one. All right, Galatians 6 and 2. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Love one another. Galatians 6 and 2. That was Galatians 6 and 2. 
bear one another's burdens. Oh, I know some people don't like that one. Bearing one another's burdens, sometimes that can mean helping out monetarily. That can mean somebody may need your ear to talk to. But most of all, when we bear one another's burdens, we go to God in prayer. We intercede for one another. We turn down our plates. We fast for one another. Come on, let's be real. How many of you have turned down your plate and fasted for a friend? Or you fasted for a relative and you turned your plate down and said, you know what, I'm just going to turn my plate down and fast and I'm going to intercede and pray on the behalf of my dear brother, on the behalf of my dear sister. How many, how many of you honestly check yourself? Because it's okay because nobody can hear you because, you know, this is uh, live streaming. It's virtual. Only you have to talk to yourself. So nobody else has to hear your comment. But hear yourself. And if you need to fix that or you need to improve on that, that's all you need to do. I do. I need to pray more for my brothers and sisters. I need to fast more for my brothers and sisters. We have to bear one another's burden. Why? Because this fulfills the law of Christ. Christ told us. He told that. What is the greatest commandment? To love one another. We're to love one another. Galatians 6 and 10. Galatians 6 and 10. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. Especially to those who are of the household of faith. You know, this coronavirus, it really broke up a lot of stuff, you know, because it, it, for a certain time, things were shut down. We weren't able to go to our places of worship and, you know, meet up with one another. But it used to amaze me that, you know, um, growing up in a church that had a, a high volume of people at one time and then seeing numbers dwindle down, you know, through the years. Honestly, you know, I used to just sit back and observe some people. I used to see people come into the church and say, that's my spot. And, you know, they want somebody to sit next to them because they felt that was their, that was their seat. And then the seat next to them was for their, for, was for their luggage, their coat, their pocketbook. They didn't want nobody else to sit there. I would see people in clusters and, you know, they would, you know, I understand like families come to church together, but I'm just saying like, you know, people like friends, you know, they would put their coats down and say, oh, this is where we're sitting. That seat is for my friend. Somebody will come in and just tell somebody else, oh, that seat is safe for my friend. I can understand that for a certain part. Where, But wherein it makes a person feel uncomfortable or unwanted. Because sometimes I just don't, I will just tell you personally, I don't think the saving of seats should be done in a church service. Like I said, families coming into church, that's understandable. But saving seats and, you know, this, that, and the other, because you don't know what a person is carrying, pressing their way to get to a service. And the, the the last thing you want to be told is, oh, you can't sit there. You need to feel welcome. You need to feel welcome. So when I read this scripture in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, and it says, especially those of the household of faith, we do have to be conscious of how we treat one another when we come together and reassembly ourselves. We shouldn't be looking about how somebody's dressed. Oh, this one has on pants. This one has on a skirt. This one has on a suit. This one has on jeans. That's not the focus. The focus, you should be happy that a human being walked through the doors of a place of worship to draw themselves closer to God. We should be celebrating that. That should be the focus. Not what somebody looks like, not what somebody is wearing, but rather that that's a soul that has made a decision to step out on faith and to draw into a place where they feel that they can connect to God. See, we got to think beyond ourselves. We got to think beyond our, our, you know, the, our natural, uh, uh, you know, fleshy way of thinking about things. 
And we have to see individuals as that is a soul. You have to see individuals as soul. That is a person that is yearning and desiring to, to have a life change, to have a life experience with their with their maker, to, to be to have a life experience with other people who are calling themselves sons and daughters of God. So we have to be mindful of those things. Okay? Let's look at Romans 12 and 10. Romans 12 and 10. Romans 12 and 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Be devoted to one another in love. You know what? I don't let nobody talk about my brothers and sisters in Christ. They're they're in my heart. And sometimes, yeah, all of us, all of us make goof ups. Um, all of us sometimes, not intentionally, but we make errors, we make mistakes. But it's not for us to condemn or just, you know, because I think sometimes people wait for a person to make mistakes so they can sour up at them and be bitter or whatever. Look, you better be careful because we all at some point in time in our lives are going to do something that's just like that. I didn't mean to do that. That was a mistake. And when it's your turn, you're going to want to make sure that people are merciful and gracious towards you. So, yeah, we all are going to do things. We all, and it's not to say that we can't say anything, you know, we talk to one another in love. We, okay, sis, why you do that? Don't do that, okay? Try not to do that. Let's pray. Let's pray on that. That what you have in difficulties in that area. Let's pray on that, but let's not do that. I'm not supposed to go and start talking about, girl, did you hear what such and such did? Oh, I can't believe. Come on, that's nonsense. That's immature. Spiritually mature people automatically, when they see something, when they see their brother or sister fall, they're quick to pick them up. They're, they're quick to make sure that they're there to hold their hand and to tell them, listen, we got, come on, let's quickly get this right. Let's get it together. Don't make it a habit. You done experienced it. You know what that's like. Okay. Don't fall short in that way no more. Right. Come on. Let's go to God and pray. That's the way we're supposed to be as brothers and sisters in Christ. 